global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet with a Bloomberg Business Flash, brought to you by National Realty, managers of New York City cash flow real estate, providing you 12% annualized returns with immediate monthly distributions. See them at NRIA.net. Now, let's head right over to the first word breaking news desk for today's afternoon call. And here's Bill Maloney. Good afternoon, Charlie. Stocks are climbing today with the Dow currently higher by 125 points. SBs gain 11 and NASDAQ rises 30. The small cap 600 gains 6 points and the U.S. 10 yield at 1.72%. Seven out of 11 SB sectors are higher, led by gains in energy, financials, and the materials, while real estate, telecom, and utilities Led to the downside. Dow Transports gained 54. Utilities dropped two points. NASDAQ Biotech's rise 30. And the VIX is down by 6.6%. Leaders to the upside in the Dow included Caterpillar, Goldman Sachs, and J.P. Morgan. Verizon fell 1%. Chesapeake Energy, Transocean rose 6% amid gains in energy. Priceline traded above $1,500 per share. While Salesforce fell 5% amid reports the company is among the bidders. For Twitter, finally, Young Brands reports after the bell tonight. Estimates are for a dollar ten on revenues of three point four nine billion. Live from the First Breaking News Desk, I'm Bill Maloney, Charlie. All right, thank you very much, Bill. And to hear live breaking news over your Bloomberg type squawk, S Q U A W K on your terminal. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's the Bloomberg Business Flash. You're listening to Taking Stock with Pim Fox and Kathleen Hayes on Bloomberg Radio. Water. We all take it for granted, but it seems to be the one commodity that is immune to the factors of supply and demand. Here to tell us how water factors into so many aspects of our life and business is Bill DeCroce. He is the president and the chief executive of Veolia North America. Bill, thank you very much for coming into the studio. My pleasure. Now, uh, just tell people a little bit about uh, Veolia. It is a French company. You're the head of the North American uh, business, and you're moving the headquarters of the company from Chicago to Boston, home to Bloomberg uh, 1200. Tell us about the company and the move. Sure. So uh, Veolia, yes, it's a a Paris-based company, but we're an international company. A long history in water. goes back 150 years as a French water utility. Uh, over the last 15 years, though, from that long history of being a Western European water company, uh, we really moved into a position to be the world's largest all-environmental firm. And we focus on water, energy, and waste, uh, basically around resource, resource management uh, on all those fronts. Um, and fundamental to that premise is what we call the circular economy, which is trying to take people from a mental people, businesses, cities away from a mentality of buy, use, throw away, to buy, use, reuse, repurpose, uh, and then maybe as much, as little waste as possible. Hmm. So really, it's it's taking it from a linear thought process to a circular thought process. So what do you sell them? The people that you want to go circular, what do you sell them? We, we sell them services, generally. So I'll, I'll give you, for example, this is outside of, it's, it stretches across water energy waste, but I'll give you an example in water. So we're building a plant right now in Marcellus Shale um, Field where um, we will take the water that comes out after a frack, we will treat it so that it can be either reused uh, for the next round of fracking or it can be discharged in an environmentally safe manner. So that's a case where it's, it's a circular reuse 
type of situation. In other cases, in refineries, we take oily residuals where there's water and oil and other solids mixed into part of a refinery process. We purify that. We'll recycle the water, send it back to the refinery, uh, or we'll send it back to their own treatment system. We'll take out the oily components, give them the oil back so they can put it back into the refinery process. And then finally, the solids that are left over, we re-inject into what's called the coker, which is a, it's a way to actually combust it within the refining process. So the waste streams are minimized, reuse is maximized, it's a bottom-line benefit, and it's a reduced environmental footprint for the refinery. So those are a couple of examples. Now, I, I started when I introduced you by describing water as a commodity where supply and demand don't necessarily have any effect on the price. Tell us about this. Yeah, it's one of the big challenges of dealing with uh, water scarcity and water resource management. Water is substantially underpriced. And, you know, it's a touchy issue because uh, many folks believe that it's a right as, as a citizen of planet Earth to have access to water. In reality, there's, a, there's still a cost uh, whether it's through scarcity or just normal, um, the, the cost of moving water around. So, for example, in California, where there's a scarcity issue, we still price water in a very cheap fashion where people can overuse and there's really no economic pinch. So there's a dissociation between the price of water and its fundamental cost of delivery and the notion of scarcity. How much has the consciousness of businesses changed? Is it dutiful now? Like, oh, yeah, I guess we better get on board with this. It's getting a lot more popular. Is there some sense of it being their duty? Is there some sense of it being um, a good business strategy in terms of cost over the longer haul? Yeah, I think when you when you look at this notion, again, of circular economy and sustainable development, it's come a long way. If you go back, you know, 10, 15 years, it was looked at maybe, maybe a little further, called them tree huggers. It progressed into a phase where there were new technologies, there was new understanding, but people were still applying green paint. In other words, a facade that looked sustainable, not, but not really into the core of business processes. Today, what you see are businesses either for the reason of satisfying both greens, as I call it, economics, and environmental reasons, there's an underpinning for for investment. So uh, for those examples I just gave, not only is there a cleaner environmental footprint for the uh, industry, but their bottom line competitiveness improves. So that's just one fundamental reason. Now, that takes complexity, fully understanding value chains and supply chains, and really digging into processes and doing them different, differently and making investments. But companies are doing that. I think the other thing worthy of note is companies are also looking at this as a hedge. So, for example, you're at the forefront of something like organics to energy. We know we waste too much food. We know it goes into landfills. It creates methane, which is basically CO2 on steroids when it comes to the to the global impact, to the, the climate impact. Yet, uh, although there's many laws that limit the, uh, uh, basically the disposal of organics to landfills, there's not much enforcement yet. But companies are understanding that they need to get ahead of the curve. So you see some of the, the big food companies, the high-end um, uh, grocery store chains, other big box companies that move a lot of food, they're getting out in front of it. Bill DeCroce, thank you so very much. Thank you for getting out in front of our radio audience here this afternoon on Taking Stock. Bill is president and CEO of Veolia, North America, based in Chicago. Companies moving headquarters to Boston. He's in New York for the second annual Bloomberg Sustainable Business Summit. This is Bloomberg. Bloomberg Taking Stock is brought to you by Witham Smith & Brown, CPAs, audit, tax, and advisory services, helping you and your business be in a position of strength. Experience the Witham way by visiting witham.com.